Who are you? What does it mean to be human? What is truth? Is your red the same as my red? Is free will truly free? What is morality? Join us as we explore these ideas and more in The Philosopher's Stone. Hello fellow alchemists and stoners, welcome to another episode of Philosopher's Stone where we do a little bit of game chair philosophy. Here on Philosopher's Stone, our purpose is to spark synergistic conversations on a myriad of complex and complicated topics. So Darren, how are you doing? Doing pretty good today. Not going to lie, this morning was kind of busy, but this afternoon got to relax a little bit and get resettled before this episode. How about you? Yeah, it's still going. <laughs> <laughs> Been working on homework all morning, so <laughs> Ooh. my brain might be in a, a more economics mentality than philosophical. So we'll see how this episode goes. <laughs> I mean, economics, philosophy, not not too too much of a bridge. Uh, not nah. <clears throat> not too different. Depends on how you look at it. Economics <laughs> is just philosophy realized. I mean. I mean, really, if you really think about it, it's just, it's, I guess it's the philosophy of cause and effect. That's all economics is. Is that a philosophy, though? Or is that just a thing that exists? Uh, I guess it depends on whether or not you accept cause and effect to be a thing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Other than that, have you read anything interesting lately? I want to say yes. But... I don't remember what I was reading, though. <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. No. Yeah, I... No, I'm going to say no, because I can't think of anything at the moment. Oh. How about okay. you, though? So, I know in either the last episode or the episode before, I did mention that I do need to pick up Jordan Pearson's Maps of Meaning again. And... Okay. Not true to my word, instead of Jordan Peterson's Maps of Meaning, I actually picked up David Goggins' Can't Hurt Me, and okay. I've been reading that. I think I'm three chapters away from finishing it, but I have been reading, just not the book that I said I was going to be reading. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Um, any words of wisdom or great insights you've picked up from uh, Can't Hurt Me? It's, yeah, it's, I feel like a lot of personal development books that I've read seem to be very like they're very motivational you're they're like you kind of have it kind of develops this kind of idealistic future uh, at least for me like in in my mind but this book is a little bit different in that it 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 is still self-improvement like the the focus to self focus is still self-improvement but it does so in with respect to it it keeps the the idea of how gritty the world is in in perspective if that makes sense that mm. like you can still like f achieve a lot more than your goals even if you don't necessarily have the motivation it's all about having the right mindset and being able to push through whatever adversities and whatever pain whatever yeah. whatever barriers you're going through like it's all just it's all mental really mm -hmm. just being able to to push past uh, whatever those whatever those barriers are, and and achieving those goals, yeah. and so it's it's definitely like I don't feel like you know I don't have a an emotional sense of inspiration or anything. It's just more of a kind of kind of a realistic 
kind of tie to reality. Like my 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 mindset is my either my my inhibitor or my catalyst to to success. And so it's it's interesting reading a book that kind of has has that sort of perspective on it. Yeah, yeah, that sounds interesting. So like I've read a good number of self help books, and like I don't know, thinking back on them, I do feel like they do kind of play the idealized scenario a lot of the time. So that's very interesting. I'll have to give it a read at some point. Yeah, no, I I highly recommend. And actually, just just reading his story and and kind of the stuff he's he's gone through is really just like man like <laughs> i've had it easy <laughs> like i really have no excuse for <laughs> for not accomplishing things in my life but yeah no it's it's definitely a good read but yeah so as far as future plans and events so we are doing this episode today and then we do plan on doing an episode on the the 11th and the 18th, as well as the 19th and 19th, we do plan on doing our extended episode, unedited, and posted for all those listening to the recordings, and we hope that you will tune in for those. So we do have a few episodes planned for this month. Hopefully it won't be as <laughs> spread out as last month. Hopefully we can get it in yeah. a little bit more regularly. But the flip side with the doing the extended episode on the 19th, we will not be doing any episodes Thanksgiving weekend. And really, that's kind of the idea behind the episode on the 19th is like, if you don't get to listen in on the Discord, we're going to be trying to post that that Monday. And so if you have free time over the break if and want to listen to something, do something other than, I don't know, if you want to listen in over Thanksgiving break, we'll have an extended episode for the extra time that some people might have off for Thanksgiving. And that's kind of the idea behind that episode that extended episode and why we've kind of waited till now to get ready to record it yeah absolutely all right so is that i believe that's that's all we have as far as that goes and so without further ado let us dive into the very interesting topic of obligation to others and as always before we dive into this i'd like to give our traditional disclosure that to us information is information and neither true nor false right nor wrong good nor bad and our responses to these topics are merely our subjective perspectives of the assumed objective reality we are not subject matter experts and as such we would like all of you to join the discussion through the public discourse channel by adding any questions comments perspectives and or experiences you might have in relation to the topic at hand and now let us get into obligation to others so darren i believe you have some definitions for for this conversation today yeah so first and foremost really kind of what we mean by obligation to others and what we're specifically trying to answer today and the question is do we have any intrinsic obligation to the people around us based on how we answer that why do we or why do we not and then if we do have obligation, what is that obligation? What does it look like? And how does that apply to our lives? And so the primary kind of definition I have is intrinsic obligation to others. And what I mean whenever I say that is the moral expectation of spending time, energy, or resources for the benefit of others merely as a mode of being. So just because you exist, do you have some sort of responsibility or some sort of obligation to the people around you that you must fulfill simply by existing. And for those of you listening in the Discord, I am posting that in the references right now with what our topic is and kind of the 
really only term that I have for today. Phenomenal. And, yeah. And so that's what we're going to try and tackle today. Hopefully we'll get through it. It is not a simple topic. And I think, Dustin, when you and I have kind of talked about this topic, we both kind of agree that we do seem to have this obligation to the people around us. But I think really getting at why we have that obligation is going to be not the simplest of tasks. So that being said, Dustin, do we have intrinsic obligation to the people around us? And why or why not? Oh, God. Okay. Hmm. Do we have intrinsic obligation? And then what was the second part to that? Why or why, why, or not? why not? Hmm. I've had a long time to think about this episode, and <laughs> I'm struggling to come up with an answer. So I personally believe that we do have an intrinsic obligation to others. and But I think trying to narrow down what what that looks like well let's just let's start with this so i think an example of maybe sort of an i don't know if it's an intrinsic obligation or not or explicit explicit obligation when you make a promise to somebody you are obligated i believe that you are obligated to fulfill that promise Mm. unless at least for the most part you are you are obligated to fulfill that promise unless the the person that you make that promise to kind of, I guess, releases you from from fulfilling that that obligation, if that makes sense. Mm. But I don't know if I would necessarily call that intrinsic obligation, though. Yeah, I, I don't think so, because you don't have to make promises to people. <laughs> like, yes. this if is, you this don't want to be obligated to the people around you, you don't have to make promises. And I think that the keeping of the promise is more so... In my personal opinion, I think it's more so duty to self than it is to others because that's your integrity. That's you keeping your word and aligning kind of your word and your action together. That way, what you say you believe is reflected in how you act and live. Well, it sounds to me like you're, like you're much more prepared for this conversation than I am. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but so, yeah, let me, I think... Sorry, go ahead. Let me flip the question question to you. What what do you what are your thoughts? Yeah. So and I might stumble through my ideas here a little bit, but I think that at the very least you have to kind of you have to at the very least accept that the world around you has kind of paid a price to get you to where you're at. The world around you has put in time, energy and resources to bring you to where you are. And with that, an argument could be made that you owe those resources back. I don't think that's quite it, though. But I think with that, you have to assume that you are in relationship with your environment and with the people around you. And so with that, you have, with that relationship, like I think it's in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, where he talks about how, like, a win-lose scenario is really a lose-lose because you have to work with that person in the future. Yes. And so with kind of going along those lines, I think that if you, if you don't maintain that relationship with the people around you, that's going to hurt you in the long run. Hmm. Because, because that's, yeah, your environment is always just kind of, I don't, quite know how to describe it, but your environment reacts to your actions. And so if you don't kind of take care of that relationship, that relationship won't be serving you. 
and with that nobody wins. Does that make sense? Yes. So a couple of things with that. I guess one, would that technically be considered an obligation? I guess, or would that be? Con- well, I guess, I guess it would be considered an intrinsic obligation. But I think, like, kind of similar to what you're saying, that that we are, you know, part of our of our environment. I would say a lot of the intrinsic obligation is just comes from living within an environment, like like with living within a society. You're living with other people, and so I think you like one would have an intrinsic obligation to be respectful, at least to the people in their immediate vicinity in order to for one kind of maintain some level of peace but then also to to create i guess to to minimize the barriers for for like i guess progress but i i mean progress in the sense of like like you're like people can continue to do their do their things and consider, and continue to pursue their own goals without basically you being in the way if that makes sense and you are able to pursue your own goals without other people being in your way either so i think i think just just the the like living within a society you have intrinsic obligation to the the people around you to to and i i would i would argue that they have an intrinsic obligation to you too and as and that intrinsic obligation is just a mutual respect i guess if that makes sense yeah, but I don't, I don't know if that counts as obligation, though. I think that that's like a good thing, and that I think can definitely be seen as a value or as a goal, or maybe a part of natural law that like you take these actions, these are going to be the consequences. I don't know that that counts as some form of intrinsic obligation, though, because intrinsic obligation. I think in some sense it's tied to morality. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> but may, maybe that's a good place to start is like what what are some intrinsic obligations you have as a mode of being and what why are those there? Does that make sense? Sort of. Just like let let's let's try and cover other intrinsic obligations to see if we recognize a pattern and see if some obligations to the people around us follow that pattern in a way that is logical and is kind of necessitated that, you know, either these are intrinsic obligations or these are not. Does that make sense? Yes. So I guess what would, what would be a scenario? And let me keep going into hypotheticals, but (laughs) what would be, I guess in your mind, what would be, what would be a scenario where, where, the intrinsic obligation could be demonstrated, if that makes sense. Yeah. I guess just so that I personally have kind of a clearer picture of, of, you know, so that we're kind of on the same page. Yeah. One thing I think we could consider as like a intrinsic obligation to self, at least, is an obligation to take care of yourself. I think we can, I think I at least can say that, yeah, I think it, you have an intrinsic obligation simply as a mode of being to take care of yourself so that you can operate well within this world. Does that make sense? I don't know if I'd say simply to operate well within the world, but I would just say as 
a mode of self-preservation. I think it's it's an inherent aspect of just about. I would argue it's it's a natural kind of a natural instinct that yeah. I mean you could say some people kind of do things for other and sacrifice themselves, but I would I would say that that's kind of more of a they're hold on words words are hard <laughs> i would say that that even those people are basically going against their natural instincts to to i guess preserve themselves preserve themselves so i would say that that taking care of oneself is an inherent natural aspect of just existence so i guess you could say it is an obligation but it's not it's not, I don't know. It's an obligation merely as a mode of being, not necessarily for something. Yes. Which is exactly what we're looking for. <laughs> so then how would that translate into somebody outside of oneself? I think, I could be wrong here. So I have no idea if this is going to make any sense whatsoever or not. But I think that one thing we're capable of doing as human beings is we're able to we're able to abstract, right? So we're able to take certain instances and I think it's inductive or is it deductive reasoning? I can never keep the two straight. One of them Wait, is... Whichever one is from the concrete to the abstract, that kind of reasoning where you see examples of different things and then you're able to abstract it to a pattern. And somehow we're able to work with these patterns and these abstract concepts. And when we're... When doing that, it seems that we're able to get to a point where we're like, this idea is, like, somehow the idea in and of itself is more important than even my most primitive needs, right? So, like, that sacrifice for someone else, somehow the idea of preserving many other people's lives is more important than my own self-preservation. Does that make sense? Yeah, like a like a conscious overriding of like the the natural impulses. Yeah, yeah, but it's I don't know. In my experience, it seems to almost be instinctual that when you find that thing, like when you find something that you truly believe in, that you're like, this is true. That thing suddenly becomes valuable. Isn't the right word, but that thing almost becomes like a part of your existence you say it's like an obsession not not even an obsession because it's not like you obsess over it but it's like this thing is true and you act as a byproduct of knowing that that thing is true so instead of acting to try and discover that something is true you act as a mode of that thing being true so it's more of conviction yeah conviction is probably a good word yeah that's a really really good word and so like people that make these great sacrifices, people that, you know, do these amazing things more often than not have great conviction in something that they truly believe to be true. And so with that, I think we're talking self-preservation is important. And I, I could be wrong on this, but I think that in that, to some extent, we say, for whatever reason, our existence, merely being is good. Somehow we we say, like, just by existing, that it's good. Does that make sense? I think so. And I think what 
happens and I don't know, I'm just piecing this together right now, is that that gets extrapolated from our existence to existence in and of itself. We're able to analyze being in and of itself. And I think with that, if you truly believe that being in and of itself is a good thing, you have to believe that other beings existing is a good thing. And this is how we get to the intrinsic value of the individual. I I personally would agree with you. However, if I'm not mistaken, I think there is a philosophy where there is a difference between value for self and a value for others. Where you can be very a, a person can be very egotistical and value themselves much higher than than they value others. So, I wouldn't necessarily say that just because you value your own existence automatically means you value the existence of others. I, I well, personally, I personally value the existence of others as as well as my own existence. But I don't think that 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 correlation, which I know this is probably getting a little off topic, but I don't I don't think that correlation is necessarily. Well, that depends on the level of extrapolation. If it's like my existence is good, then yes, that's accurate. But if you are able to actually look at being at human being specifically if you're able to look at human being and say there is something about existing as a human being that is fundamentally good then you have to believe that every person that is a human being has value Hmm. and if that's the case just as you work to self-preserve as a mode of being you must also work to preserve the lives of the people around you. So would obligation to others be based on on that that kind of conviction? Which I guess this does actually lead to one of the questions I had. Is obligation to others merely a reflection of personal philosophy? Hmm. Yeah, I think that we all kind of have a sense, not we all, but... I think that a lot of people kind of have a sense that being is intrinsically good. And really, I think that's come about post-Enlightenment thought. So after the Enlightenment period and really kind of the birth of the individual, I think. And so I think to some extent, we really kind of take those ideas for granted. Sorry, what was your question again? I was going somewhere with this. Is obligation to others merely a reflection of personal philosophy? Personal philosophy. Yeah. I think that's where I was going. So I think that with that, we all kind of agree that we have some form of obligation to the people around us. But I think that what that looks like is subject to personal philosophy. And I think that that's probably something that most people are not particularly well informed on of like first and foremost i think people are i think there's a lot of people that are underinformed on how to take care of themselves and so if we say that that's a moral obligation an intrinsic obligation as a mode of being that's something that i think there's a good number of people that don't know but then what i think a lot of people really don't know is how to then also help take care of the people around them Mm, and so i think that that part is there's a lot of interpretation there yeah well i think a good place to start and at least taking care of yourself is deodorant deodorant is 
very can be very good, and especially in social situations. I find <laughs> it completely unnatural. Unnatural. I <laughs> said <laughs> <laughs> you go to a party, you just mix your <laughs> body odor with the rest of the crowd. <laughs> If you're in there long enough, you don't notice it as much. <laughs> Become nose blind. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. Deodorant is very, very beneficial. In fact, I think some might even argue that deodorant is intrinsically good. I, I would <laughs> tend to agree with that. With that. <laughs> so... Uh, so if if it is true that obligation is a reflection of personal philosophy, that means that in order to figure out what the intrinsic obligation to others is, as that would be part of a result stemming from first figuring out what the personal philosophy is, which I don't know if I would say a majority of people have taken the time to really figure that out for themselves. If um, maybe that's a little bit of a I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I mean, I think that there are definitely tools that you can learn that you don't necessarily have to change your personal philosophy, but they're just kind of tools in your tool belt that you can whip out at any point. Just whip it out. <laughs> One is empathetic listening, which I got from Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. That was just when I read about it, it was a completely new concept. I was like, wait, I had never heard of this before. You mean you can actually understand why what somebody's saying is important to them? <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, a decent yeah. place to start. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Seven Habits is just a great place to start anything. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Or any sort of like like personal like reflection and, and development. Seven Habits is a, is a phenomenal book. I would highly recommend that to, to anybody. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's one good tool that you can learn. I think another thing is just always learning how the body works and how the body functions. The more in which you know that, I think the better you are at being able to understand like understand a little bit more of cause and effect within your body. And instead of something happening and you're like, "Oh my gosh, why the why did I just crash today? I slept in, was late for work, like got nothing done today. Have this massive crash." It's like well, you haven't been taking care of this, that, and the other for three weeks now, and <laughs> catches up to you eventually. <laughs> Brain chemistry. <laughs> yeah, but understanding that, I think, is another good tool to put you know, into your tool belt of like understanding these things. And then when other people have issues, you begin to see, like, and this is where it kind of gets difficult. It's like, do you tell them, or do you just give them advice? Like, a bunch of other things. But I think that understanding how the brain works and how the body works is probably another good tool to have in your tool belt, personally. If brain chemistry is chemistry in the brain, and chemistry is a modern version of alchemy, does that insinuate that there is possibly a brain alchemy? I mean, I think that's what the alchemists got to eventually. Will that just be the Philosopher's Stone? Yeah, well, from what I know, originally alchemy was just working with the materials and like transmutation of materials outside of oneself but the philosophy later changed to where it was like the the refinement of the material but also the refinement of the practitioner and basically like the purity of the practitioner and when so the nerd I, takes a joke seriously 
I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, back on topic. <laughs> Sorry. <Lord. Heather. laughs> Irregularly scheduled ADHD break. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, so back to obligation. <laughs> yes. So obligation, intrinsic obligation to others stems from personal philosophy. So I guess... I wouldn't say it stems from. I think that personal philosophy is your best understanding as to the nature of that intrinsic obligation. Okay. And, well, okay, with that, that kind of leads me to the next question is, I would consider obligation to be something that is an, an action. Well, I mean, we defined it as, you know, the moral expectation of spending time, energy, or resources for the benefit of others as a mode of being, which seems to insinuate that there that you can consciously not fulfill those obligations so i guess and maybe we should probably define more specifically like what an intrinsic obligation to others would be but after we do that i would like to look into what are the implications of not fulfilling those obligations to to others so kind of yeah two-part question there so what are some obligations to others and what happens when you don't fulfill those obligations is that accurate yeah straight to prison <laughs> i mean i think one would be i would argue this is my personal philosophy so quick disclaimer at this point we are getting into personal philosophy as our interpretation of what those obligations are to the people around us and so kind of a recap of the discussion so far just so we're on the same page i think we've clearly given some basis that yes you have an intrinsic moral obligation or an intrinsic obligation to the people around you but now we're kind of getting into what that obligation is and to our understanding like yes there's this intrinsic obligation but our best understanding of that obligation is through philosophy. Hmm. Is, is that a good summary so far? Yeah. Yeah, I'd okay. say that. Cool. So I wanted to say this because going into this, this is not like, ah, this is definite. This, this is kind of getting into personal philosophy at this point. And I think one intrinsic obligation you have to the people around you is honesty, actually. Hmm. Is being able to, like, say the truth as best as you can, as accurately as you can. Because I think if you don't, it conversate. I mean, on Philosopher's Stone, the whole point of this podcast is the idea that through good, rigorous conversation, we can get closer to truth, right? Yes. That, that's, that's kind of the hope that that's our philosophy. And so with that, I think if you aren't honest in your discussion, if you aren't doing your best to speak truth as accurately as you can, the byproduct of that is it muddies up and cloudies the conversation to where you can't actually get to truth. Yes. And that's a negative like that's a negative for both the people you're talking to and you. Well I think like honesty, yes, but always telling the truth. I think the flip side of that is that, well, I don't know if I would say the flip side of that, but don't lie. I mean like yeah. you know you can be in a conversation and not <laughs> talk about your life story when you're really just trying to talk about how cool the Bugatti Veyron is. I don't know. But like, yeah. you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
like yeah maybe yeah, that's no um i think that you may not always know the truth of the situation but at the very least you can make sure you don't say something that you know to be false or something that you don't like intrinsically agree with like because if if you're if you're saying things if you're in a discussion and you're you're expressing ideas that you yourself don't agree with not only are you lying to the people around you but you're also lying to yourself because you're you're expressing yeah. that idea giving the impression that you believe in that idea when in reality you don't mm -hmm. which i think is is definitely uh, jordan peterson talks about that exact idea in his massive meaning when he kind of talked about kind of where his his personal philosophy kind of developed he was he, he he had been through a lot of debates and a lot of discussions and he would constantly say ideas and the his i don't know if it's subconscious but like himself he would say something and then his brain would be like yeah you don't believe that that's not true that's and so yeah, yeah i think i think being part of that honesty is being honest with yourself and expressing the ideas that that you yourself truly and honestly honestly believe if that makes sense yeah yeah and that's i think really kind of the core of it is like your your kind of intrinsic obligation to others i think more often than not if you don't if you don't fulfill that obligation that harms both you and the people around you like it's it's not just like ah it only harms them but I think if it's an obligation merely as a mode of being, then that obligation comes back to bite you, you know? Yeah, so to kind of recap this portion, so you did kind of, I think we've, we have kind of answered both questions, that honesty is an example of intrinsic obligation. And the implications for not fulfilling that intrinsic obligation is not only do you harm yourself, but you also bring harm to the people around you and you basically create distrust and a disconnect between you and, and the people around you which is and if if not distrust at the very least you do create just a, a sense of like cloudiness within your mind and the minds of the people around you like it even if it's not like oh they don't trust you anymore it's like none of y'all can think straight anymore yes and not that that's like a permanent thing and you can never fix it, but it's like that's the byproduct of those actions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So with that being said, that kind of leads into my last question for, for this this discussion is when we define intrinsic obligation to others as the moral expectation of spending time, energy, or resources for the benefit of others as a mode of being, with that being kind of our definition, what does obligation to others look like in a world of scarcity? You know, as we mentioned, time and energy and things like that being kind of resources to fulfill those obligations. How, what, is, what does that intrinsic obligation look like in, in a world, world of scarcity? Yeah, like you have a limited amount of time, energy, and resources. And what does your obligation to others look like when you have that limit and when you're kind of pressing up against that limit? Yes. Yeah. That's a really good question, actually. Guys, I stumped him. <laughs> I'm kidding. 
Well, because I think just my kind of knee-jerk reaction to that question is I think that there you can go too far in either direction, right? You can go too far in the, which we kind of talked about in our last episode. Really, I think our last episode is an answer to that question. That you can spend too much time on self-service and on yourself and not spend time on to the people around you. Or you can spend too much time, spend too much of your resources on the people around you and you run yourself into the ground. And I don't think that either of those are optimal. I think that there is some form of balance that can be struck where the product is greater than the sum of its parts, where the time and energy and resources you spend on other people actually give you more time, energy, and resources, if that makes sense. I think so. And like you're fulfilling that obligation to others and not overexerting that obligation because you still have an obligation to yourself, I think is going to, when done properly, will form deep, meaningful relationships that A, is going to give you more drive to move forward because now it's no longer just your life that you're impacting. You've stepped into interdependence with the people around you and you're working to work some sort of good in the world, good for you and for the people around you. And B, you have resources to call upon when you are running low of like, again, because you're interdependent, you're able to put some of your own, put some of your own, I don't want to say your own responsibility, but like you can kind of draw from the people around you as well because they're fulfilling their obligation as well. Does that make sense? An emotional bank account. Yeah, that that's one way of putting it. But I think and that and that how he describes it in Seven Habits. Yeah, I think <laughs> that though isn't like that's more so for your relationship with another person. That's not necessarily like oh, I can draw from the bank. The idea is if you have more withdrawals than you have deposits, eventually the bank hits the red and your relationship with that person is very shaky. But yeah. if you're heavy into the positive, then things go very, very well. Communication goes smoothly. You guys are both very emotionally fulfilled, so on and so forth. The idea that I'm more so trying to hit on here is like, great example was last weekend, I had a trip planned. I was working. It was literally like, I work till 630, get off, run home, get packed and get on the road to go to that trip. Had like less than an eighth of a tank of gas and like an hour and a half to drive and found out when I got to work that my debit card expired and I couldn't use it anymore. And by the time I got off work, the bank would have been closed. So I couldn't make any withdrawals. And so with that, I was able to call up a friend, have them fill up my bank or fill up my gas and then pay them back through Zelle. And with that, I was able to make on that trip. And that's like, I was able to rely on them and they gave up a little bit of time and energy to me and helped me along. And like, that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about of like, you can step into situations and know that people have your back and that there are resources that you can draw upon. And so with that, when you are fulfilling both your intrinsic obligation to yourself and your intrinsic obligation to others simultaneously, you are continuing to move forward. You're helping other people move forward, and those other people also help you move forward. Very wise words. 
Does all that make sense? Yeah. So by by continuing continuing to fulfill those obligations to again, like you said, your, yourself and others, especially fulfilling those obligations to others, that you're you're developing kind of like your your relationship with the the other people, and so that whenever you do, you are in kind of a little bit of a sticky situation. There are people around you that you can rely on to to help you because you've you've basically been putting in the work to fulfill to fulfill those obligations. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's you put in the work to fulfill those obligations, but that develops good relationships with the people around you. And that like I don't want to necessarily think of it as a transactional thing because it again, basically the product is greater than the sum of its parts. You and those people are able to accomplish far more than any of you could individually. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's more collective than it's a collective effort than than any sort of like individual yeah I, I i get what you're saying i think i guess just the the articulation is can be a little bit tricky yeah yeah <laughs> and trying to express express that idea but yeah and so it's kind of okay maybe here's another good question to maybe close this out is cuz like it can be very clear that the people that you're close to you have an argument could easily be made that you have a greater obligation to the people that you're close to than like a random stranger on the street, right? Okay. So just for argument's sake, let's say like you, you have one set of obligations of like maybe treating the individual with respect, being honest with them, da 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 to the random person on the street. Those can be argued based on, you know, your perception, what you think, but let's just say those are just some basic ones for there. Whereas your friends like we can say because of that relationship, you have an obligation to kind of be there for them, you know, or like to have conversations with them or to spend time with them, something like that. It's more than you have with a random person on the street. Okay. I, I guess kind of the question is like, how, how far does that circle of obligation extend? Cause we've said we have intrinsic obligation to the people around us as a mode of being. How, does that look drastically different with some people more than others? And if so, how far out does that obligation extend? Is that simply a mode of being that you have to operate in with other people? Or does that actually look different based on your relationship with them? So I've heard it said that, I don't know if this is psychologically speaking or sociologically speaking, but I guess the most people that any one person can keep track of like actively Mm -hmm. is a maximum of 100 people and that's like huh i've heard 150 but yeah like it's 100 around that range yeah so there clearly is a as far as having that that close connection with other people there there does seem to be a limit but when we're talking about intrinsic obligation to others as a mode of being, I would, I would interpret interpret that interpretate interpretate. Shut up. <laughs> Words we're interpreting are hard. things, guys. <laughs> it's a long day. <laughs> so I would, I would, and I lost my train of thought. Hold on. So when we talk about intrinsic obligation to others as a mode of being. 
to me that's the the requirements placed on you for just living the requirements placed on you to fulfill those actions towards others is mm. a requirement for mere for for mere existence yeah right and so i would say that honestly intrinsic obligation shouldn't and maybe we're kind of, maybe i'm kind of backtracking some of the stuff that we've talked about but you know that's that's the point of conversation it's really really talk things through a little bit you know yeah but I would think that 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 intrinsic obligation is present regardless of whoever you come in contact with. Gotcha. And so I think that's why I would personally say that kind of going back towards the beginning of this this discussion that a simple respect for others I think would be an intrinsic obligation because you like we live with people and so we have to we have to learn how to for one socialize with people and then and then having respect for those people and especially if you you know kind of going back to the personal philosophy especially if you if you value human life if you value existence mm. and you value their existence then you would respect their existence as well regardless if you maybe disagree with them on you know pick a topic right you still very fundamentally you still respect them for being a human being and for existing and so you would i think demonstrate that that respect as a mode of being as as being part of of living in a society of of people that, and i think honesty is another is another great intrinsic obligation in trying to maintain like integrity to yourself and maintain a clear relationship with with the people that you come in contact with yeah so here's a question for you then Uh oh at what point at what point is that intrinsic obligation overwritten null and void yeah because like we i mean say a murderer comes into your house like oh god (laughs) like it is is that intrinsic obligation voided? And I mean, I guess it would make sense. Like, like yes, you value being, but you value your being over the being of others. <laughs> if, if a murderer comes into my house, I'm telling Alexa to play the Halloween theme music. And I'm gonna turn out the lights, and I'm gonna give that man PTSD. But but my point is like we say intrinsic obligation merely as a mode of being. However, there there seems to be times in which I would argue that a lot of people would say that what we have defined as that obligation would be overwritten. We I mean we have wars, we have military, we have you know, self defense and kind of extreme situations. Yeah, yeah. I would say I would say that that over the situations that would cause in my opinion that would necessitate the cause for overriding that intrinsic obligation is based on I guess intrusive actions of others if that makes sense. So if you have someone who wishes to do like physical harm then I believe you have every right to to meet that level of aggression with your own aggression until you're able to subdue the threat. And maybe this is going into a completely different topic. But 
A little bit. But I also think that simultaneously, it's also your intrinsic obligation to de-escalate the threat as much as as much and as quickly as possible. Yeah. And that's that's my knee-jerk response to the situation that, that you have placed before me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so and I think that's just a fundamental personal defense. Like you have, you know, you know, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Notice the first word is life, right? So somebody is is trying to trying to infringe on your life you have i believe that every person has every right to 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 defend themselves but yeah and so i think the argument then could be made like going back to our original argument of intrinsic obligation to people extend from that extrapolation of seeing your own existence as good to seeing being in and of itself or being as a human as good Similarly, that is predicated upon your existence, and so if your existence is threatened, then that argument can fall down temporarily. Yeah, I think it's I think it's situation dependent. I think yeah, on a day to day, yes, you must fulfill those. Uh, I believe that it is good for a person to fulfill those intrinsic obligations to others until a situation arises where that. And I think I would argue that that intrinsic obligation is very mutual. And so it's not just like you fulfilling that obligation, but it's also other people that you're with are fulfilling that obligation to you as well. And until somebody breaks that obligation and does not fulfill that obligation and and presents some kind of, I guess, danger or threat, then I believe that that, that gives you the clear to to respond in a way that brings about the brings about peace in the quickest and the most effective and efficient manner if that makes sense <laughs> in the way that's greatest for you and for the people around you yes there we go <laughs> yeah that makes sense and i think one caveat to make cuz i think the argument could be made like not everyone sees the people around them as intrin- intrinsically valuable da 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 one kind of caveat to that I think is people maybe a more accurate phrasing of it would be people see beings that reflect themselves as intrinsically valuable, if that makes sense. Like I think there was I could be wrong, I think there was a study done on like a tribal nation that was cannibalistic. And basically the way they saw people outside of the tribe, even though they're people is they didn't actually see them as human beings because they're outside of the tribe. Mm. And so for them, I, I could be wrong on this, but I think for them, they didn't see those people as people. They didn't see it as cannibalistic because those people weren't a part of the group. And so that that is another part of this of like, if even if you say, well, I don't believe everyone is intrinsically good. I think that, most people can agree that there are certain there's at least some sort of group that they see as intrinsically good and i think that that is what an individual truly views as people does that make sense which all goes down to the boils down to the subjective perspective of the objective reality as it relates to the concept of morality which can also be Related to personal philosophy, which is, as as we've discussed, can be 
a reflection can be reflected in intrinsic obligation to others. Yeah. So basically, the whole this whole discussion is all predicated on on a very specific subjective perspective on on morality, really. Yeah. Yeah. But well, with all of that being said, I do think it is about that time to wrap up this episode. Thank you, everybody who listened into this live discussion as well as those listening into the recordings. We do hope that you will join us in our next episode next Friday, which should be the discussion should be necessity of balance. That will be a very interesting topic. Is it actually necessary? We will find out. <laughs> we will indeed. So don't forget that we will have our extended episode on the 19th. Be sure to tune in for that. We are really excited for that episode. And no episode for the Thanksgiving weekend. We hope all of you guys enjoy that as well. We'll probably reiterate all this in the next three to four episodes that we try to do this month. <laughs> <laughs> but anything? Anything? Oh, so final thought before we close out, or final, I guess, call to action is I would like all of us collectively as a philosopher stone community to take take some time this week before the next episode to you know kind of examine our day-to-day lives and try to identify what we would consider to be intrinsic obligation not only to others but also to ourselves and and identify for for each of us like what our intrinsic obligations are as as a mode of being as as a mode of mere existence and be sure to you know swing by to the public dis or not just the public discord but the the discord as well and let us know your thoughts and your your results and and all that kind of good stuff but uh, other than that am i am i missing anything darren i don't think so yeah like you said hopefully next week we'll be back with balance and yeah hoping to get a lot of episodes done this month so excited to have all that discussion excited to see all of you there thank you to everybody listening in the discord thank you to everybody listening online absolutely absolutely and we will be popping into vox populi for a little bit after this episode so if you guys would like to chime in your own thoughts and perspectives and experiences in regards to this discussion or really anything please feel free to pop in there with us And we love you guys. Can't wait to see you guys in the next episode. And as always, think critically and live fully. And we will see all of you in our next episode. Thank you. Have a good week, guys.